Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking returning rags, debt ceiling standoffs, and gold in the attic. right buddy this is our friday flight where we're going to tackle we're going to take on multiple different stories that we came across this week and we're going to discuss how they specifically pertain to your finances and uh joel so before we get to that are you ready to reveal to the world your recent big purchase yeah uh, that you made let's do it so i it's a, for me a big purchase <laughs> a new used car no, like a vehicle is that's a big purchase it is no matter deal. what it across the board deal. well and it was not something we were planning on uh, homer sadly bit the dust because uh of a fender bender are you going to carry over the old name well i'm getting do I, I don't know do i need to rename i don't know we'll it's, see it's the new homer <laughs> homer the imp- new and improved yeah, homer 2.0 so i had a 2006 honda odyssey now i have a 2013 honda odyssey yeah so i think you can totally carry the name <laughs> carry the name over interestingly enough it is and it's so hard to find a good used oh car in the market right now and and obviously like it's been well documented you and i have talked about this on the show just how prices have escalated in the used car market but then again interestingly enough like at the the my 2006 odyssey was was totaled because of just a minor fender bender but I, i've got paid more from the insurance company than i paid for the vehicle nice. like three years ago there so you go. that's, um, that's one that's, of the advantages of yeah the seeing uh prices go up. that's the bright side but then mm-hmm. i paid more than i ever expected i would for a 10 year old vehicle like, i think my my final price I, I bought it finally found an individual selling the car twelve thousand seven hundred 
1,500 bucks. Not too shabby. That's a great price. But I'm hoping for a 2013 10-year-old vehicle. Yeah, a really nice one too. It's in yes. great condition. Hoping this one's going to last us, you know, <laughs> seven, eight, ten years. Yeah, yeah. So you've got Homer. We're going to refer to your van, uh, your Odyssey, as Homer, and we'll continue to refer to mine as Hal. And we haven't pulled them up next to each other yet. But we're pretty sure it's the exact same color. Yeah. They're <laughs> this, basically identical. Because your old one, it was the older body style. It was like a powder blue. Powder blue. It, it, it was before the they remodeled it. Or what do you call it when they do the upgrades? Body style change. Yeah, body, body style change. But the one you have now, these vans are identical. I know. <laughs> we do too much that's the same. And well, ours is a 2012. And we were joking about this, actually, as well. I've got like 4,000 miles on you. Um, I'm, I'm, we're at like 145 or 146. Yeah. You're at like 141. But man, the, like the amount that we drive now, uh, taking the kids to school, I don't think there's any way that you're gonna no. <laughs> you're gonna be able to catch us. You guys drive a lot hopefully, more. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll have that thing for another hundred thousand miles. But yeah, uh, yeah well, we'll see we, how long it lasts. We had a flexible budget. We we were even looking at potentially like twenty thousand dollar minivans, but I really didn't want to do that. That to me, as someone who hates spending money on cars, I wanted to keep it as minimal as possible. How much yeah. we spent. Well, and especially if you end up getting. A second vehicle, that's yet to be determined. Yeah, which we might Something need to at some point. We, we've talked about when my wife starts working more. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will say, my friend Megan, she just she just mentioned to me that she, she has a, a strict budget for her used car purchase, which I appreciate. Nice. But she said like every time she would go talk to somebody, they kept trying to force her or get her to spend more money. They're like, well, yeah, what, what's an extra few thousand dollars? And she's sticking to her gun. She's like, why are these people trying to tell me to spend more? And I love that. I mean, I think it is, yes, it is hard. And you might be shocked if you... If find yourself in the used car market about how much vehicles cost, you're likely going to be super surprised at just how much these vehicles are going for. Yeah, if you haven't purchased a new vehicle in the past three years, uh, you're in for a shock. Yes, I was in for a sticker shock myself as I was looking around, but still, stick to your budget. Uh, don't don't blow the budget in order to get something a little bit nicer, a little bit newer, or anything like that. I mean, the, the, I think it feels like a brave new world of, of car pricing, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, know what it is that you can afford and stick to that don't let somebody else talk you into spending more than you than yeah, you should yeah don't let somebody else talk you into their goals right. <laughs> <laughs> what it is that they are projecting on you but uh yeah i hope you uh, get to hang on to the new odyssey for many years to come joel me too uh all right let's hit our stories our friday flights uh and you know there's been a lot of talk about the uh, the u.s debt ceiling negotiations uh that have been taking place this week we actually wrote about that in our uh, how to money newsletter earlier this week on tuesday and just so you know, we're not going to get political here. <laughs> but uh, by the way, all of our previous newsletters, they actually live on the site. So you can still read that newsletter if you aren't subscribed yet. Uh, but it's not just and our... And says yet, because you're going to go subscribe, right? We want you to. Yeah. Hey, howtomoney.com slash newsletter. So it's not our just our national finances that are facing a, a bit of a debt crisis. It's also our personal ones as well. As a nation, we've broken our own record and we now have... Seven, over $17 trillion in overall household debt. Mm. Uh, credit cards, they were a contributing factor as typically credit card balances, they decline in the first quarter. People uh, paying off that Christmas debt. Exactly, yeah. But this is the first time in 20 years that that didn't happen. They stayed flat, which you see that it stayed flat and you think, oh, that's a good thing. No, no, no. That's actually a bad thing because normally it goes down. But it doesn't stop there because delinquency and serious delinquencies, that's where uh, a payment is over 90 days late. Those are also up. Uh, Auto loan delinquencies are also up in a big way as well. So this is all kind of bad news. Yeah. Not all is rotten in North America. (laughs) And I'm sure that these numbers, they would be far less drastic if uh, you were to just 
poll our audience. Uh, but this still doesn't bode well for the American public as a whole. Not all debt is bad, but the way that our country handles debt, it's messed up, both at the federal as well as the individual level. And again, based on the fact that we didn't see balances go down in Q1, I think this is unfortunately going to be the year that we see credit card overall credit card debt reach that $1 trillion mark, yeah. which that's not a prize that you want to win. Like, <laughs> right. It's likely a trophy that we're going to receive, even though it's not one that we should be striving for. Yeah. It's interesting to see how our government handles money and how we handle money as individuals. And it feels like this is this collective cultural catastrophe, really, that we've got going on, that we've got brewing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. At, at least we can't control necessarily what our what the politicians are doing or how they're handling this, but we can control, at least in some regard, we, we have a lot more control than we think lots of times over what happens to our own personal debt situation. And I think it's just become normalized. It's normal to take on debt for all sorts of things. I could have taken on debt to buy a new car, right? Or to buy even a newer used car. But no way, Jose. Like, that's... That's against everything I stand for, right? And so, yeah, I think it's good to see some of these stats and see that things are getting worse. And then uh, just hopefully it, it awakens all of us to the fact that we can and should be taking a different tact. Because if we're handling our finances like everybody else is, we're also going to be behind the eight ball, just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. But one thing we've got in our favor, Matt, is that egg prices are beginning to come back down to earth. I was glad to glad to see that. Something that's heading heading in the right direction. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. And I'm sure everyone out there has noticed that egg egg prices are not what they were like six months ago, even if they're still a little bit higher than they were pre-pandemic. But the average wholesale price, that means before they get marked up at the grocery store, are down to 78 cents a dozen from $5.30 at the end of last year, which is ridiculous. It's not like eggs make up this like <laughs> huge percentage of the CPI or anything, but you know, like it's one of those things that we all notice when we go into the grocery store, egg prices and milk prices. It makes up a large part of the CPI in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And like inflation, in, inflation is, is uh, slowly but surely calming down. We've had 10 consecutive months of declining inflation. A- another big price drop we've seen over the past year in the kitchen, by the way, bacon, which I I was also glad to see because <laughs> bacon, yeah. bacon and eggs, they pair so well together, uh, but it's the it, bacon is nearly 10% more affordable now than it was last year. So stock up while the, while the getting's good. Breakfast is cheaper, baby. Breakfast for dinner. I mean, that's always one of the best dinners you can do. Fast Company, they published an article about how different tech companies out there, how they want their users of the free services that they offer to start paying for their services. They're not going to be offering them for free anymore. Uh, these free tier plans are slowly coming to an end. Paying for the blue check on Twitter, like that's a, uh, it's infamous at this point. Uh, it's been subject to a whole lot of consternation. <laughs> a lot of people upset, especially celebrities on Twitter who are like, Celebs, how dare you? Outlets, how dare you remove my blue check mark that yeah. I earned? It's not just Elon, though, who's opting for these tactics. Uh, there are other tech companies and they're taking the same approach. Uh, so, for instance, Zoom, they have further limited the amount of time that you can spend on a Zoom call for free. MailChimp, they slashed their free plan pretty significantly last Last year uh, and this year as well, Peacock, uh, they no longer have a free streaming tier as well. And one that impacted us, uh, Hootsuite. I always say Hootsuite or whatever, but we used to use that. It was a free uh, social media publishing planning software or whatever. But then they uh, they, they stopped offering their, their free version. So that's something we no, we no longer use. Although I wanted some stuff to continue to go out while we we're in Scotland. Mm-hmm. 
And so I signed up and gave him my credit card info because there's a free 30 days. There you go. But of course, we got that canceled date on Pull the calendar. back in time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're okay with you paying for services if you get value out of them, but just realize there are fewer of those free services that are going to be available. And we want you to, to be proactive when it comes to the different subscriptions that you're paying for. Sure. And these tech companies, they have the right to charge yeah, for their product. Absolutely. Like more, more power to you. The freemium model, uh, I love that it exists. But if a company says, hey, guess what? We want to either downgrade the free tier or not offer one at all I, I mean more power to you you've got the right you spend money creating this creating this tool and you're trying to make it profitable that makes sense to me but we as the consumer we also have the right to say yeah not worth it to me no thank you um, thanks thanks but no thanks mm-hmm. on the opposite note though matt of getting charged for technology a, a new tech company is, is still playing by the old model actually trying to give you something you're likely to be interested in for free but it comes with a catch. There's some fine print involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free in quotes. Yes. So. Not truly free. Right, right. Uh, there's this new company called Telly, and they want to give you a free television, a free TV, in exchange for personalized data. You give them basically data about yourself through your viewing habits so they can serve you highly tailored ads on a second screen that comes attached to the TV that mm-hmm. they're giving you. <laughs> so, yes, there's a there's a 55-inch screen that you get for viewing your shows. And then there's a sound bar and then a nine inch screen for full time ad displays that they can show you whenever they like. And uh, so you got to pay attention to the fine print, though, because, yeah, you're, you're also sharing your viewing data, data with Telly. And if you say, actually, ah, I've changed my mind. I don't want to share that with Telly anymore. They're going to charge you 500 bucks which is really more than the cost of a 55-inch TV these days just because you opted out, right? And so it's interesting. I I think it's, Telly said they have like 500,000 TVs and it comes from the guy who started Pluto, which is a pretty cool free streaming service. But this guy is the king of free TV. (laughs) Yeah, he wants it to be like, I think he might make a killing with this. He might do well with it. And the truth is a lot of our viewing habits are already being tracked. Like Vizio has admitted to this before. But I don't know, man, like a... TVs are relatively inexpensive. I think my last one was like a 65 inch that I got for 230 bucks, and a 55 inch TV can be had on Black Friday probably for like I didn't know you could get a 65 inch TV in black and white, Joel. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love to see companies kind of trying to do something new, and Telly is definitely yeah. doing that. Oh yeah. But you just also have to be aware as a consumer if you're like, I want the free TV. Well, you got to be cool with putting up with the ads and also with kind of the data intrusion at the same time. Definitely. Yeah. And you described it well, like there's a sound bar at the bottom, but the nine inch t- screen or whatever, doesn't do it justice because it's a, the screen on the lower portion. It goes all the way across yes. the entire width of the TV. It's just like the off to the side. There's like a nine inch equivalent screen. That's, you know, is that's where they're going to display the ads like the rest of it. There's like widgets like weather, maybe stock symbol, like, you know, kind of like the widgets on your phone mm-hmm. or whatever, that kind of thing. But I agree. I think he actually might do like this could be really popular. A, like it really looks kind of cool, <laughs> like the, the dual panels kind of thing going on. Telly, I feel like it's a cool name. Uh, the soundbar, like I don't even have, I don't have a soundbar. Yeah, at my house. <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, a soundbar. That's pretty cool. And even the camera, I saw that you can do um, like video conferencing video calls with it I don't have a video or like a little camera on my TV but that being said like you said uh, the cost of TVs has gone down and it's not like it's if TVs were two three thousand dollars to get a basic television I might be like oh I might actually have to consider that but given a where prices are currently but then B, the just the 
the privacy concerns. Like, I just don't like the the idea of there being a camera <laughs> potentially monitoring me. I, I feel if I was a single dude, I would do it. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like I'm resilient and I can like fight off the temptations that might be <laughs> and just like the onslaught of ads. But I don't think my wife would be down with it. And like and we neither one of us I would want to like subject our kids to their constantly just being advertised. Sure. Just like, one of my friends like said, a lit billboard in our in our living room. One know? of my friends said, what if you just tape something over the place where the ad goes? And <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess that's one solution. Physically. Yeah. Yeah. You, just guess, drape something over it. So, <laughs> but yeah, there's always going to be trade offs in life. And I think for some folks, there are some frugal entrepreneuring listeners out there who might be thinking, no, you guys are, are crazy. Of course, I'm going to get the free TV uh, and more power to you if uh, if you can resist. For again, sure. Yeah, we'll link, the to, we'll link to the site where where, tell, where you can sign up to try to get one of these. Again, they got, I think they have 500,000. So it's a lot uh, of TVs. Yeah, it's a lot of TVs. All right. So there's a chance that you might have some gold in your attic. <laughs> uh, so it's still spring. And if you haven't done any spring cleaning yet, now might be the time. Uh, and one random thing to look out for is your old VHS collection. So this story, I guess, is maybe for... Like, you got to be, like, our age or older. Like, you have <laughs> yeah. to be, like, a Gen Xer, basically. We're, yeah. like, the grandpa millennials. Gen Zers are like, what is a VHS? <laughs> Please explain. They know what it is. Yeah. Uh, but no joke. Like, uh, if you have some VHS tapes in your attic, they could actually be worth some money. Because Kiplinger, they report that demand is rising for still wrap classic movies. Uh, and in some cases, they're going for thousands of dollars on, on sites like eBay or like uh, different auction sites that specialize in collectibles like that, especially if they're in like mint condition. And so if you've got Star Wars, uh, like Superman, Rambo, The Goonies, that's a classic. Uh, but those are some of the VHS titles that are in high demand. I guess there's folks out there who are just willing to pay that. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't count on them necessarily continuing to go up in value uh and obviously most of your the standard vhs tapes that folks have laying around like your disney movies uh ones that are already open they're probably worth pennies yeah your uh, unwrapped aladdin is worth like four dollars maybe and most of your yeah. opened everything are worth like three cents yeah. but <laughs> there are a, a select few where you might get lucky or you might be at the thrift store and say oh, unopened rambo i just <laughs> like buy that and see if you can make some money on it heck yeah yeah and again going back to the whole us being geriatric millennials i feel like you and i are just old enough to have remembered walking through a blockbuster oh yeah. like with your dad on a friday after work picking out a movie that we're all going to watch together those are the good old days but uh for, for everybody else you can disregard this <laughs> right <laughs> well just really quickly you mentioned ebay and and selling stuff on ebay to make money if these old vhsers but let's say you're buying stuff on ebay that there are a few methods i've noticed recently matt that have saved me some money and oh did you did you buy a, a merino wool shirt no like I, I didn't, didn't. okay i didn't not, not trying to be like you in every single way <laughs> But like uh, one, I shall convert you. One way that I've noticed that you can that you can save more money when you're buying something on eBay. First off, you're buying used, hopefully, right? So you're able to get something at a discount already. But if you make a, a reasonable offer on an item that allows for offers to be made, that's a way which you can in which you can save money. So if the the price of the item is 45, but it says make me an offer, I don't know, make an offer for 20% off, and then does see it, see if they take it. Does it show how long that? listing has been up there like yeah. days on market usually sort of like yeah with, with real estate because if that's the case then that should be a signal to you that like hey there's some weakness there's here. a chance here that they just want to unload that thing if they've been sitting on yeah. sitting on it and they realize that there is not much demand but yeah i dude i totally agree i think just 
that additional amount of friction is enough for most folks just to pass over and just be like, well, eh, I'm not going to mess with buying that. Um, I'm not willing to make an offer and yeah. just giving it a shot. I love the make an offer thing. One other thing you can do. You is, love just giving it a shot. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> if it's something I, I, I want and I'm like, but I'm willing to walk away from yeah, if it's yeah. not the right price. Also, add it to your to your uh, wish list or your watch list is what it's called. And if you click that button, somebody, they might proactively make you an offer, which I've had this had this done uh, a few times nice. where you just kind of add it and then you wait and see the seller is notified that you added it and then they might say hey here's 15 percent off if you want to buy it right now mm-hmm. and so that's one way to do it and i just saw this study and researchers they studied uh, 25 million ebay transactions and they found that 45 percent of negotiation attempts were successful so so even though the item you know might be discounted already uh because it's used it doesn't mean you still can't get it for even less so i loved seeing that and that's been my personal experience too yeah, man, whether you like it or not, your actions are being watched. And <laughs> when that retailer gets that notification that there's somebody who's interested in their products, I think, oh, yeah, that's that's a great suggestion. If they want to move that product, they'll send you a discount code and you, you can get that thing discounted even more. But uh, Joel, we've got several other stories that we're going to get to on today's Friday flight. We're going to talk about coffee. We're going to talk about homes, the the cost of housing. We're going we're gonna to talk about all the different things you can potentially buy with your money. We'll get to all of those stories right after this. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, 
the money app Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, the Friday flight continues. Matt, let's keep talking about the stories we found interesting this week in the world of personal finance. And of course, we always got to get to our ludicrous headline of the week. Listener David, he sent us this one. By the way, if you have something you see that reeks as you're reading the headlines, as you're scouring the internet, and you see a ridiculous article that you think we would like to skewer on the ludicrous headline of the week segment, send it our way. We would love to see it. But David sent us this one. It comes from Business Insider. And here's the headline. Parents are returning entire wardrobes of worn out children's clothing to Target. Mm. And I would thought that was really interesting. <laughs> and this is just another example, really, of people abusing a generous return policy. Yeah, move over, L.L. Bean right. and yes. everybody else well, as, who used to stand behind their products. As we've noticed, well, it, it's not a, necessarily a lack of standing behind their products. It's it's the fact that customers are using these return policies in abhorrent ways yep. that these companies didn't foresee. And so it, like, what's happening here with Target now ensures that this return policy, this generous return policy, likely isn't going to be around yeah. much longer, yeah, right? being forced into the exact same position. Yes. Yeah, Target apparently has a, a one-year return window for Target branded clothes like Cat and Jack. Like that's one of those like Target brands. They're decently inexpensive clothes. They're kind of cute. And so parents, they're going hog wild. <laughs> they're returning used, stained, and ripped clothes to their local Target store for a full refund. And yeah, don't get me wrong. I like a generous return policy as much as the next guy. It's one of the reasons I love Costco. Matt, we, you know, we talk about specifically shopping at retailers who offer healthy return policies because mm -hmm. that is a good sign. They stand behind their product and, and they're not going to hassle you, right, for making a return. But even Costco has had to become a bit stingier. Like, uh, for instance, it's 90-day return window on electronics now. I think they did this five or six years ago due to some pretty insane return attempts and them losing a ton of money because of it. Some folks have even uh, tried to return tires at Costco. I've read stories about that, which is just like, hey, I've used these for 80,000 miles. Take them back and pay me back the full. It's, it's even worse than the whole Target, the yes. Cat and Jack thing. It, exactly. <laughs> because you're talking about years worth of use. That's right. And so, yeah, I love the Target standing behind their, their store branded clothes to this extent. But to all of our listeners out there, just because it's this, you know, TikTok trend <laughs> to return your kids uh, heavily used clothings, don't return those items 360 days after you bought them just because you can. Yeah. That's cheap, it's, not frugal. And it's 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 that. It's the timing thing, right? Because it's okay. Like, I think one of the reasons they st stand behind their clothes is if it tears or something, right? Like, it's, it's not the fact that a parent would return clothes that are torn. It's the fact that their kids have been wearing them for 11 months. Mm -hmm. It's that part of it. Because if you get a pair of shoes or pants and like a seam, 
blows out after the first time the kid wears it or the first time you wash it sure i'd be like oh what the heck like i want to get my money back for this thing that's not necessarily how it's being abused like you said it's 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 social media and as we've seen with tiktok trends a lot of people participate (laughs) you know like the tide pod challenge or the milk crate (laughs) like i can only imagine that because of this it's not like this is just insider writing about this this is blowing up on social media which then is going to lead to a store like target having to rescind pull back on their their guarantee right like i would not be surprised if they also do something where they shrink it from a full year down to three months or something sure seems a little more reasonable yeah it was like when we had that influx of online mattress sellers right and everyone came with a one-year like guarantee you could send it back and mm-hmm. get, get all your money back so some people were taking full advantage and they were just like i'm, I'm gonna order me a new mattress every 364 days and just make and, and send it back right before the return window expires mm-hmm. and to me that's just taking advantage of a generous policy yep don't like it you're just ruining it for everybody else out there uh who might legitimately need to make a return because something didn't didn't hold up well so another story that goes hand in hand with target quite literally starbucks because there's starbucks in almost every Target. there is isn't there and it smells like popcorn like you walk in there (laughs) it smells like popcorn you see the starbucks and then you go shopping uh but it wasn't that long ago that we talked about Starbucks significantly devaluing the points that their customers uh, have been accruing via their loyalty program. Well, now they're charging you extra if you don't want ice in your drink. And you might be thinking, well, that's a weird, <laughs> that's a weird, like, why would they be charging you more? Well, it's because not filling that cup, you know, up to the brim with ice, it means more that sugary, expensive liquid <laughs> inside your cup. Uh, and you know, Starbucks fans, they're not happy about this. I per- personally prefer going light on the ice myself oh, because I'm I like, same. I don't want, I just don't want all that ice to melt down. And you got this really watered down, you know, quote unquote, ice cold brewed coffee that just tastes like, you know, not good. <laughs> uh, so I get it. But I also get how no ice would also cost Starbucks more money, right? Like it, where it would necessitate that upcharge. But as prices go up and perks go down, this is a great time to, to reassess, just like we talked about earlier with the different freemium uh, tech platforms out there that are starting to charge their customers. Mm-hmm. Do you actually still need that fancy Starbucks drink on the reg? Maybe you don't. But honestly, this kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit too because it seems like just a dumb move on on starbucks is um like it feels like they're just nickel and diming their customers it makes me think of like the airlines that charge you for every single piece of clothing that you bring onto the sure plane, yeah, right? yeah. Like, like oh you would like to have a water during the flight that's going to cost you it's short-sighted it, it seems short-sighted unless that's just your new target audience because it's it used to be in my mind that starbucks was like this premium product like you're going there for the experience but now if like if you were going to start charging folks for small little things like this it feels like a race to the bottom yeah um as opposed to just providing a high quality coffee drink by the way it is full-on cold brew season i make i make my own and i bring it every day to work i, I haven't switched over yet have some in the afternoon i, I thought it was earlier but it it, it kind of cooled it down, cool down so little, been, yeah but, I, but we're not for long yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're about gonna, to start baking it is gonna here in the south it's gonna get really hot yeah but i think that's just an important thing like if starbucks is just your habit maybe this is your perfect excuse to get out of the habit so start start making your own to start bringing your own from home you're going to save a lot of money and not deal with the annoyance of all these like silly upcharges and the fact that you can't accrue points as quickly and all that stuff Mm -hmm. too all right let's talk about bikes for just a second there's been a a surge of discounts in the biking space rad power bikes which i've got a, a rad wagon myself they've cut the price meaningfully on a few of their models woot 
which is owned by Amazon now, this massive discount site where they're liquidating things all the time. They even had e-bikes for sale this week for less than $400. You might even still find them on there. I'm not sure. But it's it's not just electric bikes that are costing less. It's traditional ones too. So bikes of all shapes and sizes are now heavily discounted. That's because like supply chains, they ramped up to produce the, the influx of bikes that we all wanted and kind of needed during the heart of the pandemic. I remember just seeing like everyone smiling in my neighborhood riding bikes especially in like late 2020 right Mm -hmm. but uh now normalcy has kind of resumed people are biking a whole lot less and if you're in the unfortunate super unfortunate i'm not biking less but most people are i just picture all those formerly smiling folks and i want to say to them hey this could still be a part of your life you could still be just as free with the wind blowing in your hair (laughs) and where it's not costing you any money to get to where you need to go we don't need you're choosing not to bike. don't need social distancing to force you to get on your bike right (laughs) and and if you're in the market for for a bike by the way now is a great time to be looking Mm -hmm. in both both the new and the used market bikes direct is a site that we've talked about for a long time for buying a discounted new bike and Facebook is a great place to search for used bikes near you. But it's kind of one of those things where their loss is your gain. If you, yeah, a lot of people are probably trying to sell it for not pennies on the dollar, but you might find a half price bike that's barely used because the, the market's flooded with them. I totally agree. Yeah. And also, just a heads up, if you order from one of the different online sites that we recommend, uh, like Bikes Direct, and we have no relationship with them, they're just a good company. But you do need to be prepared to handle some assembly. I was actually talking to a friend at the gym uh, recently, and I was telling her about that. I was just like, yeah, you you know, you're probably going to have to put the pedals on. You're, you'll have to attach the handlebars. Uh, and she looked at me with a very incredulous look. <laughs> like, like, you're crazy. What? I'm not going to do that. She's like, yeah, how about I call you over and you can take care of that formula like, now. Nah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's it's, not how it works. It is not that difficult. Like if you have ever purchased something from Ikea, you can handle putting together, a, like if you can put together a Billy bookcase, you can attach some pedals to a bike. So don't be afraid to actually dig in a little bit and learn how to put one of these things together because it will it will actually save you money because you're going to find the best deals online. It's, there are likely going to be some deals that you'll be able to find at a local brick and mortar. But when you have the ability to c- comparison shop online, that's definitely re- uh, where it is that you're going to win. Joe, let's talk about housing because the, the home buying market is still a bit bonkers depending on the market that you're where you're looking. No longer are buyers getting like 50 plus offers, you know, and selling for $200,000 over asking price, but supply, it still remains pretty tight and prices are remaining sticky uh, in a lot of markets and rates specifically. I mean, they are most definitely cramping affordability. This isn't good news for wannabe home buyers out there, uh, but here is some even more bad news. 67% of millennials who want to buy a home have $0 saved for one. Uh, and 18% of those folks had less than $10,000 banked. So yeah, this is bad news. The, the survey didn't specifically show whether these folks were actively looking or you know they were just kind of perusing Zillow, just hoping that maybe eventually one day they might own a home years down the road. <laughs> but saving up for a home down payment is far from easy, especially these days. But if it's a significant goal of yours to actually own a home, this is a crucial part of the process, You know, actually saving up that down payment. Uh, so what you need to do is come up with a plan for how much you're going to need to start setting aside, like pick an end date. If you know that in a couple of years that, oh, well, hopefully we're not still renting this apartment, plan backwards. You got 24 months between now and then, figure out how much you're going to need, need to have on hand. And also make sure to include other expenses as well, like closing costs, uh, the cost to actually move. These are all things that you want to consider as well. Yeah. 
not just 10% of the cost uh, of the cost of the home or anything like that. There's additional costs that come your way when you're buying a home. And ideally, we'd love for you to, to have 20% to put down. But that's obviously not an easy task. And it's a task that's gotten even harder, right, in recent years. But it is an admirable goal for sure. Yes, 20% for sure. Down. Agreed. But at a minimum, without a specific goal in mind, you're going to flounder when it comes to saving up that down payment. So yeah, take a long, hard look at your budget. How much can you shovel towards that down payment fund each and every month? And who knows what's going to happen with the housing market in the coming months or years. And again, yeah, Partly what happens in the housing market depends on what's happening where you are in your local housing market. Because I think I saw, Matt, that the average down payment in Mississippi is like $7,000 and the average down payment in California is like $110,000. And so depending on where you live, Jeez. that's that's going to have a massive difference on how much you need to or how much you're likely going to have to save. Mm-hmm. But if you want to own a home and you want to be ready to pounce, come up with the plan, start saving now, and tend to your credit score too, because that's, uh, yeah, boosting your score is going to gonna mean significant savings month in and month out by getting that lower interest rate too. Most deaf uh, on another housing note, uh, a decent chunk of folks are starting to downsize for a surprising reason, uh, and that is utility bills. Utilities, that's just another monthly cost that is going up for most folks around the country. Uh, More than three quarters of Americans have seen more of their budget going towards utilities over the past year. Joel, even here in our state of Georgia, our Georgia Power, they got the go ahead to do like a 12% rate height increase starting next month. Yeah. Not looking forward to that one. A lot of people are going to be shocked. Yes. Especially as the bills get higher in the summer anyway here. Oh my gosh. It's a double whammy for sure. But swapping homes just because of utility prices is kind of like getting a brand new Prius just because gas prices are starting to creep up a little bit, right? Like there are probably going to be better ways to handle this problem. But for home buyers out there, for folks who you don't have that home yet, just remember that more square footage is going to mean more heating. It's going to mean more cooling here in the summer. Joel, so uh, last summer when we moved to where we are, we pounced on a house uh, specifically because the location was killer. We love the house. That being said, it's not the biggest place. Um, There are six of us. Two of our girls are sharing a bedroom. And so we're kind of like, oh man, it'd be nice if we got a place that had a little more square footage. But anytime we have that, we start having that conversation, I just think about some of these additional costs that accompany a bigger place. I think about, oh man, the property taxes are going to go up. Oh man, it's going to cost more to furnish this thing. Mm -hmm. But also utilities as well. There's something comforting about having a nice, compact, efficient space where you don't have all these rooms (laughs) to heat and cool and to furnish. I mean, you and I, we've talked about the reality of secondary costs with every purchase. Yes. And most people, we just don't factor it in on the front end. And that is one of those things where, yeah, you got to factor in the higher insurance taxes and, and heating and cooling costs, the utility costs of a bigger home. Yeah. It shouldn't necessarily be the primary reason that you move or don't move or decide to stay put or whatever, but you definitely need to make sure to consider that and try to find ways to lower those costs. Uh, and also, one of the ways you can do that is by making your home more efficient, more green. Don't forget, there are tax incentives out there to, to make your home more energy efficient. We actually cover those in detail back in episode 656. We'll make sure to link to that one. But basically, a lot of improvements that you can make to your home. They're basically 30% off. That's sure. the, the credit that you're going to get back from the government 
if that was something that you were already planning to do, uh, you definitely don't want to miss that. But it might even be enough to sway you. Might That might be like the, you know, the, the straw on the camel's back that causes you to say, oh, yeah, now is totally the time for us to get some insulation in that place. By the way, I can firsthand speak to how wonderful insulation is. Oh, my God. <laughs> because the, the ceilings and the insulation have been ripped out of portions of our house. We haven't moved out yet. But I've talked about how the tree fell through my house and we're going to have to get that repaired. We're kind of li- we're living in it right now. We won't be for much longer because construction about to start but for the time being there's no insulation and no ceiling and so it's like literally we're looking up straight at the roof and at some of the holes in the roof uh with a tarp over them granted but yeah it's amazing how much hotter it gets with no insulation feeling the heat so i'm just like it sucks insulation's pretty pretty incredible thing it can save you a lot of money and it's pretty inexpensive to make it happen and yes the federal government will pick up part of the bill for that uh, new installation that you want to install as well. So, all right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. For for folks who want show notes, they can find those up on our website at howtomoney.com. And we're looking forward to to publishing an, an interview, a hang with our, our friend Brandon, the mad scientist. Mm-hmm. We just uh, got to record an episode with him when we were in Scotland. And you can check that one out on Monday. That's right. Yeah, it was uh, essentially a field recording because uh, normally we just record here in our nice little studio, but you'll just have to listen here on Monday to find out why it is that Brandon did have a microphone there in his house in Scotland. Oh, before uh, we release you to your weekend, we want to make sure that we give a shout out to Josh H. Uh, This is for the newsletter referral shout out. Josh shared the newsletter with a bunch of his friends. And so if you have not yet subscribed to the How to Money newsletter, go to howtomoney.com forward slash newsletter. And there you can sign up for the best personal finance newsletter in the entire country. Joel guarantees it. Uh, (laughs) That's going to be it, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.